Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Friends, it's wonderful to see you here this morning. It is gloomy and dreary and rainy outside. I hope you are drying off. It is wonderful to see the warmth. Uh, of your smiles and your lovely faces here. Hopefully by the time we leave, maybe the rain will have gone, Um, but it's great to be here and to worship this morning. Our scripture passage this morning continues through Paul's letter to the Romans. We are now in the seventh chapter, reading verses 15 through 25. Paul writes, I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, that I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day that you have created and that we are gathered here safely to worship you as the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for the gift of song. We thank you for the gift of fellowship, for the gift of your word. Lord, as I come now for the message, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation and thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as I was praying and reflecting and reading Paul's words for today, I feel like they speak to why I don't particularly care for New Year's resolutions. And perhaps you can relate as well, because these are how those things typically work for me. It strikes me that I should be doing something, that I should take better care of myself, that I should develop a new practice or a discipline. And so what I start doing is I I start kind of mustering up my own willpower and my resolve that I'm going to do this. And the type A personality that I have develops a really good strategy for how I'm going to implement it. And I start off with really good intentions and really good strength. But then life happens. 
and I find that I fall off a time or two or many, and my response is typically guilt. And I respond to that guilt in one of two ways. I resolve to just try harder and to do better. But I don't know about y'all, but guilt is really not the best motivator that there is. On the other hand, I just give up. I know what I should be doing, but I can't. And so why even bother? And so I read Paul's words and I appreciate his honesty for, for naming the struggle with which I am familiar and perhaps you are familiar as well. And we're continuing throughout this summer through Paul's letter to the Romans. And we find ourselves over the past couple weeks, uh, we've been kind of focusing on the early to middle portion of Paul's letters and these chapters. And if we look at what the message of what Paul's trying to convey within this portion of the letter, it really can be summed up that he is talking about the results of being justified. Now remember, Paul is writing this letter in part to kind of address what exactly it is that's at the heart of the Christian faith. What is the thing that unifies us, our unifying identity as followers of Christ, what it means for us to be a Christian? And so in this portion of the letter that we've kind of been delving into over the past few weeks, Paul explains to us that through the atoning work of Christ, we have a life of peace and confidence before God. He says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that phrase may sound a little familiar. It's part of what we say every time that we engage in the confession and pardon before we take communion. And there's another part to that. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. That proves God's love for us. Through Christ, we have been freed from sin, from evil, from death. And we have been freed to live a life of peace, of love, and joyful obedience to Christ. This is not because of anything that we have done or anything that we have earned, but rather it's because of who Christ is. It's because of God's grace. Friends, that indeed is the good news. It's good news that transforms our lives. It's good news that transforms and changes everything. And yet, and yet, being a follower of Christ does not guarantee that life is easy or without struggle. We may know the good news in our minds. We may profess what we believe and proclaim that Jesus is Lord with our words. We may have that wonderful assurance of peace and love in our hearts. And yet we still know, we still know the struggle of sin and temptation. And Paul just bluntly spells it out for us. He says, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty convicting statement for me. How true that statement is for me, even on a daily basis, if I'm honest. For instance, 
I know that scripture tells us that we are called to be slow to anger. But friends, have you seen how other people drive? (laughs) I'm not sure being slow to anger is my first response sometimes when I'm on the road. I know that our worth and my worth comes from God. I know that we are beloved by God. All that we need and all that we have is from God. And yet I struggle with falling in that comparison trap of defining my worth based on my accomplishments and what I own. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus makes quite clear that we are called to forgive, to pray for our enemies, to bless those who have persecuted us. And yet, if I'm honest with myself, I do not always extend the mercy that God has so freely extended to me. But even not just on an individual level, as collective humanity, we struggle with sin. We struggle with the sin of devaluing one another, of tearing one another down rather than building one another up. And we know that as the body of Christ, our call is to be peacemakers, to be people who share Christ's light and love, to practice the resurrection in our daily lives. But we also know that's not always the witness that we give. So as we reflect on this struggle that Paul is describing, much like the struggles I have with resolutions, it's often the case that we respond in one of two ways. We just give up and give in, or we resolve to just try harder, to do better, to muster the the strength that we need from our own willpower. But when it comes to our faith, Neither of those options is very fruitful. Because if we feel as if sin and temptation and struggle are just an inevitable part of life and we just throw up our hands, what will happen is that we will start developing a sense of apathy, of defeat, and ultimately a sense of despair. But on the other hand, if we try to just be better or to try harder, what we're practicing is what we call works righteousness, which means that we are trying to earn our salvation. And earning our salvation is an impossible feat. The idea that we can earn our salvation or just throw up our hands in defeat really is contrary to the message of the gospel. It's contrary to what Paul is trying to preach through the church, uh, not only in his time, but to us today. There's no good news in those options. Neither of those options lead us to the wonderful freed life we have in Christ. But there is another option. There is another way. And that is the way of Christ, the way of grace. As Paul writes at the end of what we read for today, he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ is our rescuer. Christ is our savior. Christ is our hope. 
In Jesus's life here on this earth, he encountered struggle and temptation and he overcame it. He led a sinless life, died for our sins, and through his resurrection and ascension, sin, evil, and death were defeated once and for all. And through the wonderful gift of his grace, those truths, those promises, are our truths and promises. Sin does not have to reign in our lives. Struggles and temptations do not have to overcome us. They are not the final words. Not because of our own strength, but because of the wonderful power of grace. I am reminded also, not when I read Paul's words, words of Jesus that we find in the Gospel of John, the 16th chapter, where Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Friends, that is the wonderful good news. And it's not just an abstract idea that we think about or that we look forward to in the time to come, but grace, the power of the Holy Spirit is a living power, ever present, abiding with us today. Grace is that wonderful, undeserved, unmerited, favor of God. And so because of grace, when we face struggle, we don't have to feel defeated, nor do we have to feel that we have to shoulder the burden alone. Grace orients us to our living God who is with us. Grace anchors us in our identity in Christ. Grace reminds us in the words of, of St. Ignatius of Loyola, that we are beloved sinners, that yes, we live in a fallen world, yes, we sin, but we are also created in the image of God. We are beloved by God, and God's love overcomes all. We cannot save ourselves, but we have a Savior who loves us. God's love is what truly defines us, not our sin. As I think about that, I, I think about that, that wonderful old hymn that we sing, grace greater than our sin. That is the truth and the promise. And so because of that, we can lean on this promise and assurance when we are confronted with struggles in life. We can confront our struggles head on and take time to discern what really is at the root of our angst. Are there areas of grief? Is there an unhealed wound? Is there a desire for security or control? Do we have fear? Is there a question of our purpose or feeling loved? What is it that is on our hearts and that we're truly wrestling with? And we can go there and we can offer it to God because of grace. We can lean on God's grace to help us navigate our struggles with confidence and with hope. Friends, if your weeks go by in any way like mine do, it is likely that you will face a struggle this week. 
There may be an opportunity where you will be tempted in some way. You will do or say something you really didn't mean to do or wish to do or to say. In those moments this week, when we encounter a struggle, I encourage you to not feel defeated, to not feel apathetic, to not feel overwhelmed by guilt, to not just try to be more or to do more or to be, uh, try be better next time. I encourage you to remember Paul's words as he says at the end of this passage, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Trust your identity in Christ. Lean upon his grace to guide, to redeem, to form and to transform, to give you certain confidence and hope in him. It is his grace which is freely given to each and every one of us. This grace is greater than our sin. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.